It has been a while, but it's been a while since uh, many of us have done anything. So, yeah, you you uh, hightailed over to Florida. That is true. I did. I did in the middle of pandemic. Picked a hell of a time to move. So, you got your own that ring. Was a lot of fun. I do. What was got it? My own ring. How'd you end up on that one? Like just just the itch. Well, when I moved here, I the property I bought didn't have a garage, and so I needed one. And I was like, well, if I'm going to build a garage, I may eventually one day want to put a ring in it. So I bought a garage that was 24 foot by uh, 36 foot, and it's 14 feet tall. So, you know, to be able to go off the ropes if need be and things like that. That was the whole thing I had in mind. Yeah, I could park my cars in there, but I don't care about protecting those i want a ring so i uh got the garage had it and then the next thing i was going to do was going to be power insulating it all that stuff but a ring popped up local area that was practically brand new for a good price so i jumped on it tall boy yeah yeah it's full size eight well it's 18 foot so full size indie ring nice uh, it's not a 20 footer like wwe but um yeah full size indie ring i could use it. it's a Monster Pro ring. It's uh, actually one of the best bumping rings I've ever been in. That's awesome, man. Shoot. Yeah. What are the plans for it, man? That's awesome. Uh, right now, I'm just uh, kind of training myself to try to get, you know, into ring shape without having to go to a school or anything because I'm, I'm an hour away from anything, really, where I live in Florida. So as opposed to driving somewhere and paying you know, monthly fee to, to go to a gym that I may not be able to go to every week because of traveling and things like that. Um, I just got my own ring. And so I'll train there. Uh, some guys have already hit me up about coming over and, you know, working in the ring with me. So I've already got some workout partners lined up and, uh, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. You mentioned that, uh, it, because the earlier before we started, uh, where exactly, if you don't mind saying like, what well, not like your address, but like what city you in, you said you're, you're, uh, yeah. you're, you're in between where and where Orlando and, and Jacksonville. So I'm like right in between, I'm, uh, outside of Daytona beach, about 20 minutes outside. It's a town called the land. It's a small town, but it actually is known as one of the biggest skydiving, uh, destinations in the country. So. Uh, we get a lot of tourism there just to go skydiving. But other than that, it's a small town, and we live uh, kind of in the country, right on the outskirts of town. So, uh, but yeah, it's about an hour north of Orlando and an hour south of, or about an hour and a half south of Jacksonville. So, have you have you trained with anyone like the way you train with people here? Like, is it just been you and your in your garage? I mean, like, are you invited anyone over? Like, what, how have you been keeping uh, in reshape? So far, and, and I've only had the ring a few weeks before I started traveling to Colorado, um, but I did have Ryzen come over, um, and we worked out in the ring. 
Uh, other than that, I've just been running the ropes, doing kind of cardio, and also working on the building because I didn't have lighting or anything yet. So I went and ran my own lighting and things like that. So I haven't done a ton of in-ring work, but I have had Ryzen over. We've done a couple of training sessions. I, I, I he is one badass mofo, that <laughs> Rob Ryzen. He's one tough, <laughs> tough cookie. I'm sure he's been in a lot of bar fights and won every single one of them. No, but I, I love hearing that sort of story, man. Paul drinking his cranberry vodka. I just like hearing people invest in themselves like that, man. Like that's that's such a that's such a good feeling and good to hear when someone like believes in themselves enough to do that and also not letting themselves go stagnant. I mean, like anyone else would have moved to Florida and like been maybe like drive to like Jacksonville or Orlando and try to train with anyone, but you were just like, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna do whatever the hell I want." Yeah. And, and in addition to the ring, before I even got the ring, I was doing other workouts in the garage. I bought a 400-pound tire that I have been flipping and doing box jumps on and you know, hitting with a, with a sledge and doing different things to try to work out um, without having to be able to go to a gym. you know. Right. Doing prison workouts, all that bad shit. Pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Got a jump rope, got the tire, got some a few free weights and just doing whatever I can in there. In addition to yoga, I, I've still been doing the DDPY. So. Does that actually work? I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty flexible. Uh, and it does wonders for my back. Like, I can tell. Like, if I miss a week for travel or something, I can, I feel it. My back starts tensing up again. And, you know, uh, some of those injuries that have been, you know, nagging at me from an 18 year long career and uh yeah it's just it, it definitely helps i feel guilty uh, questioning why tj kushiroko my hero because he swears by it but i've done, i've wanted to talk to someone that actually did it the only person i know that actually is doing it is cardona but uh he all he just talks talks about is how awesome it is i've never I haven't heard any results or anything like that that sort of thing I'm, I'm curious about how it like actually would make you feel like is it like I mean, you said you're already looser, you can stretch better, that sort of thing. But, like, has it improved anything else, like, mentally? Um, I mean, some people say it does. For me, it really hasn't. But I'm not into the uh, meditation and all that type of stuff in the yoga. I just like the uh, the core strengthening and the, the flexibility workouts. And that's the thing with it is you can kind of choose your own workout. There's not a set thing. So he has, like, breathing exercises and different things you can do there. But I tend to stick to just the explosive workout to just get the stretching and the the core kind of resistance style training in. Which one? Which one of the workouts are you doing? Because I, I I bought it for a month and I did it twice. Um, which one did you pick first? Um, well, the first one they set you up with I think is called the seven or something like that. The diamond diamond, diamond dozen. That's what D- diamond diamond yeah. diamond dozen. That well, one. Yeah, it goes through Diamond all the dozen. Moves. Yep. So that's what you start with. And then you move into, um, he has like a fat burning workout. I can't remember the names of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have it set on my schedule on the app. But yeah, and it, you just follow the, the schedule you build for yourself. And you can pick different classes from beginning to advanced. And, uh, I'm still in a beginner mode because it's it, it's actually it's a lot more intense than I thought it would be. Um, and I did get up to like the intermediate stuff and then I through moving and COVID and everything, I just kind of dropped it for a while and picked it back up um, earlier this year and back on the beginning stages. So, no, I, 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 I enjoyed a little bit of it. I, I actually did try the meditation part of it. Like, so what you got to do sometimes? 
you, it really helped. Uh, I actually do it at work on breaks sometimes just to like focus. Cause like, yeah. like I got, I, 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 I raced here. I was like five, 10 minutes late. Um, but like getting, getting here, I, if, if I'd had a little bit of time, I would have needed to like, just like five, 10 minutes of it because like long ass days point like that. I feel like, you know, like when you get out of the car after like a 10 hour road trip, you know, it still feels like you're on a roller coaster and like you got to calm the fuck down and, and kind of center yourself. Cause like my anxiety will fucking just destroy me. Like, cause I've got a long schedule this weekend and already I'm thinking like, nah, I'm not going to show up. I don't need to do that. <laughs> like, like it's, 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 it's really, it really messes with me sometimes. It's one of those things I don't really talk about a lot. Uh, cause you know, we're in a business with a lot of alphas and that sort of thing, and you, I, I don't know what it's like for you guys, because you guys are one of the boys, I'm, I, I don't, I wouldn't say I'm one of the boys, but I'm cool with all y'all, but, um, it's one of those things that you can't really talk about, you know, like, getting off that roller coaster, the self-doubt, like, it's, just gotta get, get it going, and the, the DDP shit really helped out, but I, men, the, the mental stuff, the, the yoga stuff, I didn't really do too much. Yeah, no, I, I don't it. know, man. Freaking, yeah. you know, I kind of feel like you gotta, you have to, you have, you gotta let that stuff out every now and again. You know, you really, everybody needs somebody to talk to. Me and Jay have known each other for, God, eighteen years at this point. Obviously, we've been wrestling for eighteen years. Yeah, and like we've definitely, we've definitely shared some pretty deep stuff. And you kind of feel like you kind of, you kind of need that. You know, you really need that. You gotta have that crew of guys you can just sit down and talk to. And be like, hey, this is. This is where I'm at. You you don't have that. Freaking you're you know you're dealing with all that by yourself. That's when stuff gets dangerous, you know. Right. No, I'm I'm, I'm glad you brought that yeah. up. Like ha, like uh, it, when you're first getting in the business and like it's it's kind of because when I first got into things, it was um, one of those things where I was I, I was waiting to get screwed over. And so when I first did, it wasn't like a huge surprise, like because I I did all my research that you know that the wrestling business is, you know. A, full of sharks okay that's fine you know uh but at the same time though like when it when it comes to the nitty-gritty when you gotta like actually like be friends with people like how did you guys approach it like uh from any individual way like any any y'all have a a story that you remember that when you first were able to open up and chill the fuck out not worry well, about things no i mean we were we were always always old so we were like buddies back in the day i mean one of the uh one of the first things I remember, other than like like training together, was we did this. We did this. We uh we used to just run matches, and like at uh back in HBW High Velocity Wrestling, and freaking you would you would you would have your match. The guy would uh, the guy that went over would stay in, and then somebody else would come in. And one of my fun, one of the funniest funnest memories I have in years was freaking uh, Jay went over. And freaking, we just decided to uh, turn it into a thing. I don't remember how it happened, but uh, next thing I was like, "Oh, give me a spear and a jackhammer, brother!" Freaking speared me, jackhammered me, and everybody just went with it. And Jay just ran the gauntlet through everybody <laughs> while we're all we're all in the background chanting for him. And he did, he just killed everybody with a spear and a jackhammer for like a solid fifteen minutes. And yeah. there's probably eight to ten of us there that night. Oh, that's yep. awesome. And I, I that. just always always love that story. Yeah, I, I remember um, that. Either. Another one I could think of off the top of my head is. Oh, sorry, I was just saying. Yeah, I remembered it was. But no, great. Uh, another one was our. I think one of y'all. I think one of y'all are flipping. Just yeah. a bunch of guys goofing around. 
Yeah, Tony, you're, you're coming with a little bit of delay. But yeah, no, that. Mm. New my new here head, yeah, new headphones. Give me a sec. Cool. Well, now that he's gone. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's awesome, man. Like, uh, I, I love hearing those sort of stories. And I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts. And one of the things I find that's really lacking is that sort of positivity. You can say you're positive all day long. Um, great. Um, show me. Like, uh, those are the stories we're looking for. Like, like obviously, you're, you're, you're running crazy on that one. Like, uh, what did it feel like? You know, everyone's chanting your name. Was that one of the first times they popped for you? It, it was weird because it did come out of nowhere and it all started with uh, morales here and we're, we're i'm going through the gauntlet and like first he i do it to him and then one of the trainers got in he's like do it again so i did it again and then everyone just kept feeding for it and it was it was a lot of fun until the very end because i was getting tired of course because i'm going for a while and then at the very end uh, one of the, the head trainers, his name was uh, Derek, he'd wrestle and named Corpse. He was bigger than me, and he was one of the rare guys that was bigger than me at the time. And he came in, and he just threw me around like a rag doll and ended it. <laughs> but it was, it was definitely <laughs> a great memory, and it was a lot of fun. But Jay, if we're, if we're talking about... Yeah, go, go ahead, man. I'm sorry, sorry. Like, just got to make sure we get this delay going. Uh, you're good. Yeah, now, um, if we're going to go into classic freaking Jay Sin stories, though, it's one guy we got to talk about. Good old Vern Cooter. <laughs> Vern Cooter. All right. Yeah, Vern, Vern Cooter was um, this buddy of mine. His name is Dan. He, uh, we used to mess around and dabble in backyard wrestling type stuff before I found a training school um, that I went to. And he came up with this character where he was this redneck, but he had a, a dance that he did. And we go up to South Dakota, and they needed an extra guy. And so they're just looking around like, hey, is that guy a worker? Because he was about my size. He was a big dude. And we're like, yeah, he is. And he just randomly got thrown into a match in the middle of South Dakota. And he was just like, he had never gone through official training. But he went out there, and he was over doing this freaking dance in front of the crowd. And so everyone afterwards was just doing the dance with him, and he's he had no idea what he was doing out there. Though. It was uh, it was a great story that happened. Cooter. It was hilarious. Burn Cooter. Yep. The one the one match wonder. Wasn't that wasn't that a character on the Andy Griffith show, Cooter? I think no. so. Yeah. It might have been. But we, uh, you know, I'm gonna have to tell him that we mentioned him because he'll he'll be tickled over that. You still talk to good old Vern? I do, I do. Nice. Believe it or not, the redneck guy, he's a mechanic. Who would have guessed? <laughs> who would have guessed? <laughs> Work in the gimmick, brother. Work in the gimmick. <laughs> it's a good-ass gimmick. I mean, just the name alone. I mean, like, it's better than James Ellsworth, that's for sure, and I haven't even seen this guy. Yeah. I still but yeah, no, I mean, really, a lot of it is, as far as, like, Becoming friends and whatnot, a lot of it's just riding the roads together. You know, you're on the on the roads for six to eight hours one way, coming back the same night because you're ridiculous and don't want to pay for a hotel. You know, got to fill that time somehow. You start talking. Next thing you know, you're your buddies. Next thing you know, freaking get all kinds of interesting stories. Yeah, 
Uh, I got a, I got a good taste. I got my first wrestling road trip under my belt uh, last month, heading to Lubbock. That was awesome. Like, I was, I was a little worried I was gonna fall asleep or get tired or anything. Like, nah, no. Like, uh, I, I was running on like fumes, like hundred percent. And then the second I laid down, like, I remember l- looking at my, my phone saying like five thirty three, and then my head hit the pillow and just out. We kicked some ass. We kicked some serious ass there, man. I wish you could have been there. You would have, you would have had a lot of fun. It was really cool uh, watching him reconnect with a lot of people. I'm sure you probably would have known a couple of them. And uh, oh, yeah. uh, you're, you're. About we could have got Whataburger. Yeah, we could have got Whataburger, Jay. Yeah, that that. Luckily, there's a Whataburger near me now. If I was still in Colorado, <laughs> without me, I might be upset. But. Uh, I, I do know those guys down in Lubbock. I know quite a few of them. Uh, worked with them in Lubbock and Amarillo. Did many of those road trips with Morales as well. Uh, so yeah, I know it. I know it well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was a good time. Uh, you're about to have that happen here. Are you are you, are you just working the Primo show? Yep. Yep. Yeah, we got what's it, Omega Omega Nine. Omega yeah, Nine this weekend. The Omega Nine All Women's Tournament. Uh, it's happening, and then there's a few feature matches, which uh, I am one of. Uh, we just announced it uh, a couple days ago that it's a last man standing match Ooh. to be number one contender to the Primo's championship. So pretty much anything goes, and we have to knock one of one of us has to get knocked out. No, I, I dig it, man. The, the first thing that popped in my head was uh, my favorite last man standing was uh, Dean Ambrose and Kevin Owens. Like that was that, that was barn burner. Uh, you guys watched that? Yeah. It was like, what was that, like five years ago already? Probably, yeah. Four, four or five, yeah, for yeah. sure. It was a good one. I just remember Kevin being like, I hate you. And like, Ambrose was like, yeah, I hate you too, buddy. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I hate you too, man. Don't care. Don't care. But yeah, we're, we're, we're happy to have you back, man. Like, you're, you're obviously going to have a ceremonious return. Uh, are we still doing Kingpin? Uh, that is my current moniker. Uh, hasn't changed yet. I don't know if it will change, but... Uh, I'm starting to put the feelers out in Florida to start working out there. So, you know, I'm developing. I'm actually building on the pandemic in the future, but still the same good old kingpin here in Colorado. I think we bring. Nice. You up, I think we bring you up every time we cover a daredevil issue, and uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm pretty sure we do it. At least every other one we bring you up because uh, Wilson Fist is kicking some ass lately. Maybe. Yeah, well, I wish I, I paid more attention to comics nowadays. The most I get is whatever Marvel or DC puts out in uh, you know video format because it's hard for me to keep up with comic books. But um, Fisk is definitely the character that, that I base a lot of what I do on. I mean, obviously he wasn't a wrestler, but he was a brawler. And so I've adapted more of a brawling style to what I do. And, uh, it, you know, and, and honestly, the, the performance that in inspired me to kind of go that route was Vincent D'Onofrio in the Daredevil show. Uh, it was a different take. He wasn't as big as Kingpin had been depicted before. You know, even when Michael Clark Duncan did it back in the old Daredevil movie, right? Uh, he was a giant, you know, and D'Onofrio isn't. He's big, mm-hmm. but he wasn't a giant. And when you saw him next to, like, uh, Punisher there in the, in the prison, he's not that big compared to him, you know? But they, they did still give him the strength and the, the brutality, which is what I liked about it. Psychologically, he was huge. He was terrifying. Oh, yeah. He was, yeah like, the, the story about him uh, him and his mom 
every other day bringing the uh, body parts to to throw away and the, the the whole point of like the that weird painting he was staring at like that that was something else yeah yeah you know early on in the series when he, he was very calm and then he takes that guy and smashes his head with the door and just goes complete savage you know, mode on him and, and crushes the dude's head to nothing and just continues to do it even though he's been long dead and then just goes right back to being calm again that was like oh that's a interesting you know character development showing how he flips a switch and goes off and then just turns it right back off so it was, it was very cool to see how do you, how do you integrate that in your character? Uh, I mean, obviously, like the the way you walk out is you, you do a you do a really good terrifying intro. Like you're cold as you're cold as ice. And and that's kind of what I try to do. I try to do the calm, just um, focused uh, approach to it. But then when I'm in there, I'll explode and you know go off on the guy, start throwing him around. You know, really go after him. But even even in the middle of the match, there I'll have moments of. I guess you could call it serenity or, or just being calm in the ring where it looks like nothing's bothering me. That's what I try to go for. What's about to happen this weekend, man? You ready? When was the last time you were in the ring? Uh, last time I was in the ring was uh, January 2020 against Ryzen at New Era, um, also in Denver. And then, you know, COVID happened after, you know, I was planning my move to Florida, then COVID hit, and I moved out here or out there and, and haven't... Uh, been in a ring besides uh, a few weeks ago when I bought one since. So um, I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. But I've also been doing this long enough that I know it'll be fine. No, I mean, like, uh, I appreciate that you have nerves. Uh, it's the people that aren't nervous that worry me. Um, the, the more people I meet that say they aren't nervous, the more I find that they're more dangerous in the ring and the more they think they're better than they really are. And, uh, uh, I, I would agree. Um, I mean, I there's definitely guys that I'm less nervous with. If I was in there with Morales, if I was in there with uh, Chris Rath, uh, Hoodlum, uh, you know, m- multiple guys, Ryzen, I'm less nervous. But I'm always nervous. There's always I'm always nervous that you know something can go wrong or just going to be an off night. You know, because all of us have them, and that we can be out there with our you know the guy that we've worked a hundred matches with and we just might not click that night, you know, nervous about that stuff. And I think if I wasn't nervous, there'd be something wrong. For sure. Now we'll, we'll, we'll pop for you, man. We'll make sure you feel welcome. Thanks. Appreciate that. Now, well, I'll be there. We'll, uh, we're, we've got a new gimmick. We'll tell you off, uh, off, off camera, uh, what our gimmick is that we've been doing with minefields, but, uh, I'll be there with a green screen. I'll pop a million photos for you. Uh, Whatever backgrounds you want, make sure you shine up real, real good. Just don't change your goddamn gimmick in a week. It's <laughs> uh, not the plan. I'm Daredevil now. Ah, goddammit. <laughs> the human butterfly, Jason. You know, the one thing is, you know, speaking of Daredevil that I really wanted to have happen, and who knows, still could happen, is, you know, Ryzen has the devil gimmick. I just wanted him to wear, wear the outfit, play some kind of homage to Daredevil. When he worked me, you know, because that that would have been fun. I think the easiest way to do that is if he pulled out the bull, the billy sticks. Like if, if he had, yeah. if he had, if he he did the horns like he usually does with the hair, um, but with the billy the billy clubs, uh, that would have been gnarly. Like if, it could yeah. still happen, man. You're you're in Florida. You're right in the thick of shit, man. 
Yeah, no, it, it could happen, and he's all over out here, so we're bound to meet at some point. Is he signed yet, or is he still, like, independent on there? As far as I know, he's not. I mean, if he is, it's uh, kept secret, because he hasn't, and I would think he'd tell me, because, you know, he's one of my best friends, but, uh, nope, as far as I know, he's not. No, and I really appreciated you uh, last uh, year and a half, it was like year and, oh God, almost a year and a half ago when you, I had you on the show and I bumped into you at, um, I bumped into you at a spring show, or no, maybe it was a new era, um, but you were like, hey, uh, I want you to, I want you to talk to Ryzen, he wants to be in a show, like, let me introduce you guys, and uh, because of you, I've got another Ollie wrestler on uh, my fields, so I really appreciate that, man. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a great guy, and he he always has good stories, and you know, he's very uh, he's, he's quite a character. So he's good to have on things like this. So. No, no, I, I appreciate it, man. Uh, but uh, I I I do want to talk about how you guys like met. Were you guys like high school buddies or? Me and Ryzen? No, no, you and this other bald guy here. <laughs> Morales? No, the bald so, and the beautiful. Uh, so, so Ryzen and I, you know, we were high school buddies, and we, after I told you, you know, I kind of dabbled in the backyard thing, he, uh, I met him, and then we found a school, and that was High Velocity Wrestling, and we right. went there, and that's where we met Morales, he was already working over there, and then, you know, wrestling, even still today, it's it less so now, but there's the clicks, you know, guys kind of click up, and there, there were the uh, fitness kind of body guys, in one side, and then there was uh, us. <laughs> the schlubs, if you will. <laughs> yeah, the guys that we, at, at that time, the only stuff you saw was really kind of, you know, the internet wasn't even, internet viewing wrestling wasn't even really big yet, which makes me feel really old to say. But <laughs> yeah, uh, we, you still had to trade tapes and send for DVDs or find, you know, the random XPW DVD that would be sold at some Suncoast. Yes. Suncoast. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, so we didn't see guys that did the high flying kind of X division, you know, high risk styles that is everywhere today, but the young bucks and, you know, pretty much everybody does now. Uh, so there were guys like Morales that was doing some of the Lucha, uh, high risk stuff. And then, uh, Ryzen and I, uh, probably no surprise to many people, we idolized the Hardys. And so we were kind of cast aside because people were uh, the guys, the, the old guys in the business, the old school guys, viewed them as, you know, kind of trash wrestling. Like they didn't want anyone to do that kind of stuff. So we were all grouped together. <laughs> and uh, that's really how we became friends. Like, hey, well, if we're going to be grouped together, let's make things happen together. So we always work each other and train together and everything. Huh. Yeah, it was really, it was, a, it was a different time, you know, freaking, like you said, a lot of that stuff, the tape, you know, tape trading was huge. Freaking the, uh, the TNA pay-per-views, you were still having to buy them on a weekly basis. Ring of honor just started, yeah. you know, you know, it's a funny story. Freaking a lot of those quote unquote bodyguards aren't around anymore. It's kind of funny how the schlubs have taken over the world. (laughs) Yeah. All those guys that doubted us or, you know, were very stabby in the back to us. They're they're not around anymore. (laughs) They all left. So um, the nerds will rule the world. Yeah, pretty much. It's interesting because you don't have like, like 
it's amazing how easy it is to find footage of a random indie fed in Oklahoma because you can just search it and find it. Before, like you couldn't even it was hard enough to get footage of your own matches, let alone something from across the country. I remember yeah. hearing about CM Punk at Ring of Honor, but I had no idea how to get a Ring of Honor tape. Couldn't find it. So I, I didn't see CM Punk till he debuted in WWE. And then yeah. I was finally able to start looking back. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, I think I see him in the uh, went back when he was part of Raven's Nest, I think maybe in uh or the what was it, the gathering in TNA. Well, yeah. it was the first time I'd ever seen him. And like they were feuding in Ring of Honor, but they were teammates in TNA. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's amazing that this guy because I I heard about him. There were some guys that somehow found tapes. Uh, uh, this guy Crazy Nate somehow always talked about CM Punk, and he was like, "Oh, this guy's going to be good." He was right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was yeah. amazing. How, like I never heard about these guys. Uh, you, you mentioned Kevin Steen back then, and Kevin Owens, and had no idea who these guys were, and now look at them. So yeah. How do you guys feel about CM Punk now? He's I, the kind of a non-factor. He kind of. Yeah, there's there's not much to think. I mean, he he definitely made an impact on the business. Uh, I'd say both positive and negative because there's things that he brought to light that now people like the, you know a lot of the smart marks and stuff will. It's always a conspiracy about how backstage is hiding this and that, which isn't always the case. But obviously, when Punk brought out, some of that stuff does happen, and it just made the smart marks think that they're even smarter than they are. Yeah, but at the same time, he was phenomenal in the ring. He revolutionized a lot of the ways we do promos, um, and you can't deny his talent. I just no. think the fact that he took his talent and maybe he feels he has nothing left to prove, which maybe he doesn't, but he just kind of left. And maybe he's just bitter. I don't know, but I never got the chance to meet him. But I wish he was still around. Be a hell of a guy to try to book and get work with. <laughs> Every time I hear people, the smart marks talk about him, it's more like they're disappointed, like they wouldn't pop anymore if he came back. Which everybody is- says that, dude. If John Cena came back tomorrow, the guys that have vilified him for the last fifteen years would be screaming like little girls, being like, "Oh my God, Cena's back!" It's true. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing wrong with it. Not it just is what it is, dude. Freaking. You know, people, you know, we all freaking love what we, you know, loved as kids. Freaking punk. Punk was amazing. I don't you know. He kind of sullied coming back by doing the whole WWE backstage thing, I think. I do too. Like, it's not as, it's not as cool as it would have been. Yeah. But, like, if punk came back tomorrow and came back legitimately anywhere, it's it's huge news. It would be the only thing yeah. anyone talked about at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would pop like a motherfucker. But the second I heard Cult of Personality, I'd, I'd I'd wet myself. Like my panties would slide right down. I mean, the the fact that we're talking about it seven eight years later, that that dictates that there's they would still be something. Oh yeah, if I was watching the next WWE pay per view or even just watching Raw, and I heard Cult of Personality come on, I would get goosebumps just yeah. because. Of it. <laughs> Holy crap! You know, that's a big moment. Wake up everyone mm-hmm. in the house. Wake up everybody in the house. Yeah. When when the Hardys showed up at, at WrestleMania a couple years ago, I was screaming. I mean, I, yeah. I, I was yeah. screaming, and I like in the back of my head, I knew it was going to happen after they dropped the belts uh, the the night before ROH, and um, mm-hmm. it, 
it's still the way they presented it was masterful. Like I, I thought for sure, you know, they were, oh, the new day is going to say they're going to be involved. Nah, <laughs> nah, it's it's, yeah. it's going to be one of the best entrances I've ever seen. Uh, when, when yeah, it was a highlight of that WrestleMania. 100%. Absolutely, caught me off guard because I was actually in the middle of packing my garage when I was moving from Denver to Colorado Springs, and I was watching it on this little TV in the corner, and then. I heard the music and I was like, no. And I just like freaked out. And I had to run inside and put it on the big screen. Oh, yeah. It was, it was amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, I was on the phone with my girlfriend and I dropped the phone and started screaming and picked it back up. And she thought like like, <laughs> like I was getting robbed or someone broke in the house. <laughs> uh, or you were cheating on her because you sound like a girl when you scream. I don't scream. <laughs> I was there live. It was awesome. Oh, so. yeah. All right, oh, yeah, rub it in. All right, that's fine. It was the only good part of that whole WrestleMania, dude. It was not a great show. I literally can't I think it was that, and uh, the the pre-show had Austin Aries versus freaking Neville for the Cruiserweight belt. Yeah, and then Kevin Owens. They were the best parts of that show. Kevin Owens went and shit the bed on that one. That was a terrible match. Who did he work? Was it Jericho? Was it the uh, was it the culmination after the uh, the friends collapsed? That's all friend. It might have been. Cause I remember the year before he worked AJ, or Jericho worked AJ, and Owens defended in the ladder match, where he lost. Yeah. I asked a couple of guys a couple of days ago. Uh, what was your biggest pop whenever you watch something? Like, cause uh, I want like it's one of those things that like people got to know. And like, yeah, you're a wrestler, but you still watch wrestling, don't you? Yeah, and, absolutely. And the funny thing is, is that when I ask a lot of people what they're watching, they say they haven't been watching anything for a while because they're too busy, and that always makes me hate them. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it always makes me hate them. I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, uh, you can literally, like, you got a PlayStation, right? You can bootleg this shit like that. Uh, uh, you don't have to have New Japan, but you can watch the matches. The they, they cherry pick that shit on YouTube. Like, are you not yep. challenging yourself? Um, but th- that aside, like, dude, what was one of your biggest pops? Like, uh, kid, adult, teenager, when you really freak the fuck out? Um, well, there's a few that come to mind. Let's hear them. I want all of them. Okay, so Hogan showing up, NWO. That, when I was, I was probably like 12, I think, uh, I freaked out. I was like, holy crap, Hulk Hogan's getting, oh my God, he turned on him. Like, it, it blew my mind. <laughs> you know? Um, and then after that was the next one would be Goldberg when he lost. Oh, he got tased because uh, Starcade '98. That was like the whole show to me was a great show. It opened up with a uh, cruiserweight triple threat match, and it was phenomenal there. And then it ended with Goldberg losing the uh, the belt to Nash after the you know getting tasered. And I was uh, let's see, 13, so I was right in the wheelhouse for that being a huge show for me. So. Yeah, it was, I popped big time for that. Um, but then I'm going to go more recent. Obviously, the Hardys, as we just talked about, that was right. a huge one. But I actually had, I popped huge for the first time at an indie wrestling show just a few weeks ago. I was at um, ARW in Melbourne, Florida. Um, it's a company I'd never seen much. I know Ryzen worked there, he's actually their champion. Uh, That's an Atomic, isn't it? Yeah, Atomic Revolutionary Wrestling, I think it is. Okay. And I went to the show, and um, 
it was a pretty solid show through most of it. But there's a guy from uh, Impact that I actually I haven't watched Impact lately. I've watched AEW, I've watched WWE, but I haven't really watched Impact. Uh, Ace Austin, mm-hmm. and he came out and the stuff he was doing, I was I was blown away. I was popping. I was like, I was cheering like legit for this guy. He had me like almost out of my seat. It was it was great. It was phenomenal. He's one of my favorites in Impact. Like, uh, uh, there's a lot of dudes with Ace in their name or Austin, um, but uh, the card gimmick immediately turned me off. But the second I saw his ring work, I was like, nah, fuck all that. This is amazing. That was like I, so years ago. For me, I had never even heard of him. I had never seen him. So I'm thinking he's just an indie guy that they're hiding at this ARW. I had no idea who this guy was. Right. So he comes out doing this magic gimmick, and he has, like, the stick, and he does this jump, and the stick pops out. Like, I was like, yeah, it's different, I guess. And then he just tore it up, and I was like, who is this guy? Someone should sign him. And then, sure, you know. <laughs> sure enough, he signed. He, someone did sign him. <laughs> yeah. You know you know the gimmick is, though, right? You know, you know how it started out? How? It's freaking Gambit of the X-Men. I no figured it out. Yeah, it's I totally... Freaking uh, yeah, he's a he's a huge gambit. I, I don't know him personally. I've never worked him or nothing, but like the guy is a freaking huge gambit mark. Well, I know that's the staff, there. the cards. It's all gambit. I noticed he was he was on the the nerd side when at the show they had like these big tables set up with the Funko Pops, and he went over there and had to buy a bunch of them. They mm-hmm. were comic book themed, so I figured as much, especially because his gear also had like the purple ace on it, and I was like, yeah, it's kind of gambity. So I figured as much. Yeah, man. I uh, wish you could have been there with us. And uh, on the way to Lubbock, we stopped in uh, Amarillo, and w- it was uh, what was the store? Uh, Unknown Comics. Unknown was cool. Unknown had a uh, God. Uh, I'm six three, so it came up to about here, so it was about five foot tall. But they had this giant monstrosity of a statue in this plexiglass. I, I want to say, like, how many feet long did you say it was? Maybe five feet long. Five feet, probably, I'd say. That sounds good, right? And uh, so from about five foot, about four feet above, it was a giant-ass sentinel. It was a sideshow collectible, a a sentinel fighting uh, right in front of him. And we had to take a look at it like eight, nine times before we got the whole goddamn thing, like, like coalesced in our head. But right in front of him is Jubilee, uh, Psylocke, and uh, who's in, in Colossus in the front? It's Colossus, and Bishop was on there in the back. Bishop was was positioned. This was a this is a ceramic statue. Bishop is positioned with his feet on the back of of some rocks, just blasting off on the back of the Sentinel. But on on the 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 right hand of the Sentinel was Warren, only on two feet, full Archangel. Like, like wow. it, was, it was so much to take in, we missed Archangel, like, the third, fourth time. And then, uh, and then when we were leaving, we realized that Beast was on the, on the left. It was, it was gorgeous. What did they say that cost, like, 6500 Something like that, 65 to eight grand. Yeah. What, uh, what style was it? Was it, like, 90s X-Men style, or? Yeah, it was totally, like, straight out of the TV cartoon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that I would have popped for that. <laughs> oh, it was it was glorious. The the gambit they had had the cards flying out like a good twelve inches in front of them. The plasma blast falling. It was like the the whole like back area was lined with just sites of collectible gorgeous. Uh, awesome. Yeah, it, it, awesome. we we got some good shit there. We got we got stray dogs there. Um, 
We got like, did you get a variant issue there? No, I picked up a uh, Justice League. I hadn't found that issue with Justice League yet. So I got last month's issue there. Yeah, we had some we had some good stuff there, man. But uh, right. So so you're coming back to Colorado. We've got primos going on. You're 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 up against uh, Mr. Adrian Grimm, right? Yep. Yep. Adrian Grimm. We have a lot of uh, history. He. Uh, so I, I had a small hiatus due to injury from the business for about a year. And when I came back, this guy, Adrian Grimm, was around, and he was fairly new. But he was a click that I fell in with pretty easily because they were still kind of the outsider guys. And I, I've never really had beef with anyone, but I always just seemed to fall, find myself into those outsider guy groups. And uh, we started taking trips to Texas together. Uh, the West Texas Five. West Texas Five was uh, a thing. It was me. Chris Rath, uh, the miracle that is Tony, which at the time was known as Tony Tsunami, uh, Adrian Grimm, and uh, Hoodlum, and we uh, we traveled all over the place together. And Texas was a big one. We went there like every month, and sometimes twice a month. Just went down there to you know work and started calling ourselves the West Texas Five, and it was a funny little gimmick. <laughs> but uh, so I have history with him. And the last time we worked one-on-one was about 12 years ago. And then it was a couple, maybe a year and a half after that, that he went on hiatus and just kind of disappeared. And then come 2019, all of a sudden he started showing up again, doing a couple shows. I think he showed up to Slave to the Death match. And then after I had a title match with uh, Hunter Gray, where Hunter beat me and won the Primos Championship afterwards, Grim came out and took advantage of me being knocked down and started beating on me. That prompted us to have a match in December of 2019, where it was myself and Chris Rath against uh, California's only cool kids. Uh, acronym is cock. And uh, <laughs> they, Adrian Grimm was part of that group. And I ended that match. We Rath and I won. I put Adrian Grimm through a table covered in light bulbs, and I thought that was going to be it for him. I went on, did my final match in New Era, moved on to Florida. Then I see he's still around, but now he's got a little more dark and seems a little more sinister, and he's gotten jacked. So when I saw what he was doing, I decided, hey, I want to come, you know, kind of finish where I started back in 2019 with that stuff. When when they yeah. when they got me going as a producer over at CSW, uh, before even beforehand, I was always really paying attention to everyone's backstage etiquette, and I hadn't met the gentleman yet. And he came up to me, introduced himself. Uh, he didn't do the gimmick name bullshit. Like introduced himself as his real ass name. Uh, shook my hand like a fucking man, and uh, asked me if I needed anything from him. Well, yeah, I need your music. Okay, no problem. Uh, goes and gets a... Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him this weekend because he gave me uh, a jump drive, and that was unfortunately our last night at CSW. Um, it was a little Listerine bottle. I've, I've got that waiting for him. I gotta, I'm, I'm looking forward to giving that back to him. But <laughs> he was... He was like... He reminded me of... I'm trying to think of the best way to put this. Not that it's a bad thing. 
It was like when you first meet somebody when you're a kid and you realize you're on the same wavelength and vibrating the same frequency. And hey, do you want to see on my GI Joes? Hell yeah, I want to see other GI Joes. Let's do this shit. <laughs> like, like you gotta check out this new outfit I got. I ordered from this guy in the UK. It's it's Hellraiser style, like a it, like big ass hood. He was he was just so proud of it. And uh, it, but he, it it was it was that same frequency. Like these are my GI Joes. Let's play GI Joes. We're gonna be friends like for a long time. Like he was just such a yeah. nice guy. And uh, he had me trim his music, and unfortunately, what I pulled from GarageBand didn't work, and I had to throw something on real quick. And um, he he didn't even get pissed at me, like you know, because like I, I didn't have time to review what I like trimmed from his music. I just put it on GarageBand and trimmed thirty seconds out of it, and you know, import or export to, and it it just didn't it, it exported as silence. And gotcha. uh, had to had to fix it real quick, and uh, it wasn't a shithead to me that like uh, was uh, said goodbye to me, um, made the point to say goodbye to me actually, uh, which uh, I, I really appreciate, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him again. I'm looking forward to seeing you guys uh, pull a match because I've I've seen you backstage, and you have the same etiquette. Tony has the same thing too. There's been times where like, come on, man, we're getting fuck. I'm starving. Let's get the fuck out of here. And uh, he's still saying goodbyes. I'm not gonna not gonna. That's what I'm thinking, but I'm not saying that to him but you know because it's the the way it goes but i really appreciate that sort of uh backstage etiquette that uh vets like you have um out of that little story there the question i got for you is like do you ever have to like put the kibosh on some like like young bloods on that sort of thing when they're not doing what they should be backstage uh i mean i'll always land advice I'll never tell a guy because one thing that I hated was when the vets would come up and tell me, hey, kid, you need to do this. You know, I'm not going to do that, but I will lend advice and say, hey, take it from experience. You might want to, you know, go say hi to everybody. Yeah. You don't have to, but might be in your best interest. You know, things like that. Yeah. Um, I don't follow a lot of the old school and I still get cut off guard when some of the older school guys do it. The uh, super soft handshake, brother. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't get that. There's guys that they shake your hand as soft as possible. I'm, I don't get it. Never yeah, have. I've never understood that. Uh, I, I mean if they I I do appreciate if that's what they think is etiquette, so then I will take it into account that's what they think is etiquette and then I won't write it off as as being rude. That's what they think is good. So, yeah. so, so that there, there's that. But then there's there's times, and I gotta admit, like when I went to Lubbock, there were some people that saw me, and uh, some like the refs came up to me. Hey, I didn't like I'm outside talking uh, and filming, and I I, I, I hit stop because uh, we made a mini uh, documentary on this. For and again, we're gonna talk about that later. Um, ref waited for me. I saw him like standing there while I'm filming, Tony, and uh, hit stop. The second hit stop, he tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, man, I haven't had a chance to meet you. My name is such and such, and I just wanted to say hello to you. And he shook my hand like you got him. And, like, it just, it, it really took me aback. Like, 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 hell yeah, this is what's going on here? Absolutely. But uh, there was a few guys that were there that were looking at me kind of cross-eyed, which I understand. I'm, I'm, I'm big. I'm tall. Like, am I a worker? I don't know. Uh, I don't want to like toot my own horn, but I'm a big guy. 
And, uh, like, is this this new worker guy? He's got longer hair than me, and I'm bald. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say, guy? <laughs> nah, uh, but, like, yeah, I, I saw the people reluctant to, like, looking at me, like, from the side. And, like, uh, no, no, we gotta go shake everyone's hand. Gotta go shake everyone's hand. Say hello. And it was one of the best nights of my life, to tell you the truth. Uh, it really kind of lit the stick of dynamite. Um... I dig that that you're not doing that sort of bullshit with people like like yo brother you need to do this brother this brother that brother me fucking softly that is your term <laughs> and we need to put that on a shirt I think they've already got it on a shirt it's I'm sure it's somewhere pretty sure it's copyrighted by the good brothers they definitely have a shirt probably I, I, I've seen the shirt they have a shirt what if, but... we, what if we spell it differently <laughs> <laughs> then we're Enzo and Kaz Oh. Yeah. Oh, gross. Yeah, you know, and, and it's funny because guys like, I feel like guys like Ryzen, uh, Morales, myself, were in a lot of ways caught between two extreme sides of the generations in wrestling because we were trained with a lot of the old school guys that still followed all of that old school etiquette. And then we're also kind of part of the era that ushered in these guys that do all the, the crazy flippy kind of shit. I, flippy shit. Yeah. The, the, and some of it I don't agree with because I'm like, where's the psychology there? Where is, how did that even make sense? But it's over. So I don't want to be the old crab. That's like, Hey, back in my day, you know, I don't want to be old crab that. tree. If you will. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Oh, so you guys, uh, so you guys have been to Lubbock. Oh, Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> So it's it's tough because, like I said, we we were part of both sides of that, where we were being told, "Oh, that's not wrestling." You know, I don't want to tell guys it's not wrestling, but doesn't mean I'm going to understand it either. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's the whole catch twenty two, man. Freaking, there's wrestling's a three ring circus. There's something for everybody, you know. You and just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's it doesn't work. It's not effective. Somebody else loves it. Right. The the, the way I look at it is. If I do the way I do it, well, there's going to be someone that wants to see that. Because yeah, obviously there's people who want to see the other stuff, but the crowds have always wanted to see the stuff that we do as well. So yep. if, if anything, it's just widening our audience to have the varying styles. What you don't want is everybody doing the same thing every match. Right. Because then you're only getting a very small portion of the population that wants to see it, and it's going to be boring. Yep. You know, it's funny you say that because on uh, Saturday there's going to be uh, two Mr. Colorado Wrestlings happening over at Primo's. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, if, if only uh, some guy that had a really good camera was there on Friday and bumped into another Colorado Mr. Colorado guy to film a quick promo and put that on the, the Instagrams and the Twitters and the OnlyFans. Uh, to to call the uh, other bush league uh, Mr. Colorado Wrestling out. I, I, I I'm I'm not. I don't know. I don't know. Are you working Friday? I'm talking about you, goddamn. <laughs> uh, Friday, I may be busy. <laughs> I'll be in Denver all day. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm actually in the Springs now. So you're in the Springs right now. Man. Oh shit, man! I could have come and crashed your place. We got some tacos. 
Um, yeah, you know, the, the Mr. Colorado Wrestling moniker is a uh, interesting one to bring up because uh, people get testy when you uh, try to take it from them, apparently. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. So. It happens. You like it, the juice? <laughs> but then again, it could lead to some uh, bigger and better other stuff, obviously. So it, it very well could. I, I, I dig that. Well. I dig that about you guys. You guys are you guys are vets, but you're not the oh my time is fast. No, your time is just fucking started, man. I fucking love that about you guys. It really makes me pop. And don't you fucking fucking roast me on this. And I'm pointing down on the video, pointing at Morales right now. Uh, not you. Uh, <laughs> No, 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 no. I, I, I appreciate this sort of shit. I'm not fluffing the fucking pillow. Uh, you guys got so much fucking potential. It makes me really fucking happy. It makes me stoked. There are actually times when I get depressed and I realize that I'm uh, good friends with someone that has helped me learn the business and has helped me gone further in the past, like, eight months than I have in, in two years. And... I see you guys. You come back, you're automatically fucking welcome back. It, it is kind of nice. I was, uh, I wasn't sure because you know, I wasn't sure the first time I came back when I, uh, I was out with various health issues, and I was welcomed back then. Um, but this one's even more so. Which uh, it was nice to see some of the comments people posting about. Oh. Hell, Sam's gonna be there. All right, I'm take my money. <laughs> you know, it was kind of nice to see that. So, take my not just by the boys, not just by the boys, but some people that I don't even know who they are. <laughs> so, always a good thing. Yeah. Well, I hope they're there to say hello to you, man, on uh, on Saturday, man. Really uh, cheer yeah. for the uh, the Kingpin, Mister Colorado Wrestling. I don't know. What do you say? <laughs> part do part deuce. Who? Who's going to be the deuce after this? Uh, I don't think anyone wants to be the deuce. Nobody wants to be the deuce. <laughs> That's a big uh, bitch. Man, I'm pissed that you're in the Springs, man. I would have had us all be like at a bar or something like that, man. Never asked. I should have asked where you were, where the sun was in the sky. See, I've been all, I've been all over just in the last two weeks. I was in Denver for a week. Uh, then over the last four days, I was up in Firestone, which is almost Greeley. And then mm -hmm. uh, just today, I came down to the Springs, just this afternoon. So. Family's there? Yeah, yeah, my, my wife's family. Oh, that's awesome, man. Good food? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good food everywhere. I've got. Although, it's funny, I've been pretty much eating nothing but Mexican food. I don't mean but that's because they, don't, they do not have good Mexican food in Florida. Uh, they got good Cuban food if you want to shit your guts out. Yeah, Cuban food's there. It's everywhere. But what they call Mexican food is not Mexican food. And they don't even have green chili, which blows my mind. Yeah, apparently it's a Colorado thing. It's a Colorado, New Mexico, Arizona thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I make my own out there now. I had my, to learn. My family owns a uh, – we're from Hatch, New Mexico. We have a farm there. And okay. we, we have a freezer full of hatch green chili. I will bring you some hatch green chili. All right. I'll take it. I'll bring Please. some hatch. I'll, I'll, I'll even season the shit out of it for you, man. You just get to it real quick. <laughs> but you, there you, you go. You Coloradans, man. I went to the, the chili festival here in Pueblo, which was bush league as fuck. Because uh, like, like, it was in Pueblo. It was in Pueblo. Yeah. And like, there was yeah, you went to Pueblo. What were you thinking? 
The only, the only good thing to come out of Pueblo in the last 50 years is Johnny Proof. Yeah. That's a you're good point. That's a, yeah, you're not wrong. Do you have everyone saying that? Jesus. <laughs> We're putting that on a shirt, too. <laughs> I'm wrong. Never no. wrong. No. We've probably been saying that together for the last 18 years. I <laughs> know, exactly. Yeah, he's got no, you're not wrong, brother. No. Yeah. There's, uh, Dude, there's your shirt right there. You're not wrong, brother. Yeah. No, the next shirt, because uh, I wanted to talk to you guys about, well, I want to talk to you and uh, Colin about it. Uh, I'm, I did the math. We all need uh, $300. Stickers, T-shirts, the banner, everything. Save that for the podcast after the podcast. Including Minefields is Right, the Magneto shirt. <laughs> Knew it was coming. <laughs> Minefields is Right, we got to do a uh, You're Not Wrong. We got to do the, the silhouette. Not wrong. Nah. Oh. Well, yeah, no, freaking. So, we, are we going to see the new levels of violence this uh, this Saturday night? Um, I mean, it is primo, so maybe, maybe not. I don't know if we'll do anything that they haven't seen, but we'll definitely do stuff that I've never done. Uh oh, well, that's intriguing as hell. I'll, I'll bring a pineapple. That. If you guys want to do a little Nikki scene, I don't think I'm going to go that extreme. <laughs> hey, but you know, never know till you try. You never know that's what true. Joey's up for. He'll, like Joey says no on a lot of things, but like when he's in the moment at a show, he might say yes. Yeah, I, I, it really shocked me when he finally uh, took the uh, the advice and went with the barefoot Lego match. Uh, yeah, that's one I would never be in. <laughs> Dude, I, yeah. that's, that's I worse than thumbtack. I've heard that, but on a nerd level, watching someone dump a bunch of Legos out without any sort of barrier or <laughs> something to make sure that there's no straight piece that's going to fuck up your entire build, it, it, it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, actually, at that that ARW show I was referencing earlier, they brought out a bag of Legos, and it still had the instruction booklets with them. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man, you're not going to be able to put that back together. No, not at all. <laughs> I want to see him try after the fact. Yeah. How about the two, got the two opponents there with the instructions, trying to, like, dig out the pieces at, in the ring after the match? Yeah. I'd watch. Well, like, like Mortal Kombat-style friendship. Mm-hmm, Exactly. <laughs> Just build, building a, a little model in the middle of the ring. Or you let a bunch of kids come build a bunch of shit during intermission in between the blood and the pieces, but whatever, you know, COVID. Have the kids build <laughs> stuff, use them the match. There you go. That'd be awesome. <laughs> It'd be like that whole boxing chess thing where like you freaking you gotta go around and then you stop and you play chess for a minute and you go yep. back to the boxing. Yeah. Freaking the same thing. You gotta build the Legos, you go back, have a match, build the Legos, go back, build the match, or do the match. It could be the next big thing in the business, brother. I don't know. It could bomb. I was part of a company that did a uh, dance-off in the middle of a battle royal. So. <laughs> we were too. <laughs> wait, wait, that's still happening? <laughs> it wasn't a battle royal, but it was in the middle of a match. It was close. It was close to goddamn. It number. worked for East. It worked for ECW. Uh, okay. But we, but we are we are no Blue Meanies. We are no Tracy Smothers. <laughs> I never got to see old school ECW when it was on. 
I was oh, you're missing out. I was living in Alaska, man. Like, if I, if I had a, a time travel machine, I would go, or quantum leap shit, I would leap into some kid watching fucking ECW at, like, 1 in the morning in, in Pittsburgh. No, it would, it would mess up. You would end up in the body of one of the baldies, and New Jack's music would hit. <laughs> and then I'd get sad to death. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's what would happen. <laughs> Dude, I'm, yeah. I'm Mexican. I'm immune to stab wounds. Like you nobody, know, no, no man alive is immune to New Jack. Uh, no, no, no. Well, they are now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if I face off New Jack now, uh, I think I'd win. But then I'd probably get weird. No, 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 you still wouldn't. Uh, no. Everyone no. no, I no, I'd, I'd get creepy with you're, that. You're I, not a badass. You're not Rob Rising. It's okay. I, I, I would do a I would do a Mary Jane's Last Dance music video with him at the, at the morgue. Take him home. Okay. We're gonna no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Edit. Yeah. Edit. Y'all wanted to fuck with me, and I'm gonna make it weird. <laughs> Hmm. You know, the uh, old school ECW, I was, I want to say maybe 15, 14, I don't know. But I remember seeing, I I always, I still, I wanted to be a wrestler at that point. I was like, that's what I want to do, watching it. And then when I saw uh, Jerry Lynn and RVD, I was Mm -hmm. like, oh man, I hope that style doesn't catch on, because I don't know if I can do that. (laughs) (laughs) But... uh, it, you know, I still hold them as the, the bar as far as athleticism and innovation in the match because that was amazing. So. I know you're talking about RVD, but when uh, Hardy's ladder match, when Edge did that spear, got when he took off, he was hanging. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, that was yeah, that was huge. That was a. Uh, up is down, black is white, wrestling's real. Yeah. I, I thought he was dead. I was, I was like, there's no way that he is not hurting bear, like terribly after that. Yeah. That I mean, there was that. There was Foley in the cage, obviously. Yeah. Like, that was like the last bastion of insanity. Yeah. Like, I felt like for a, long, for a long time, that was like the bar. You couldn't freaking, you, nobody would ever top that. I still don't think anyone has because of the spontaneity of Foley in the cage. Like, yeah. on the cell, like, it was not expected that he would get thrown off. No one thought no. of it. No. And, yeah. and then when he went through, like, there was an accident. He wasn't supposed to go through. He went through and he just hit the hard ring below. Yeah. In the, you know, later matches, they, they rigged it to be safer when he went through the cage. And he could mm-hmm. ring gate. But that didn't happen with the Undertaker. And yeah. A lot of people don't still, know that Undertaker's leg was broken at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His uh, Taker's hey. leg was broken, but it was a fucking zombie movie when you think he's dead and or is about to die and he just fucking... Mankind of all people, uh, he didn't, like, I, I don't know if he was trying to trump him, but, like, I mean, when he got off the goddamn stretcher, there was better than any time... Taker got back up, folded yep. right up in half, and and goes back to the ring. Uh, and then we got the extra drama 
that Jr. didn't know what the hell was going on. And he, he's like, God damn, and you know, and Foley's kids are crying in the front row. <laughs> no, that was it. They they weren't there for that one. They were there for the uh, the Rumble match with The Rock. Yeah, that's that's the famous one where the the kids were in the front row. Okay, so I'm I'm sorry about that. Well, the the amazing thing is, is you don't get those genuine reactions from the announcers anymore because everything is is highly scripted anymore. Mm -hmm. There's very little that you don't know is when you're a show, and it's smart to have it that way. I mean, it was like the Wild West back then, and things would happen, and you had no idea it was going to happen. But it's smart for consistent rating sponsors to do it the way they are now. So I'm not bashing what they do now, but it's just it was nice to have that spontaneity because Jr. had no idea, no idea that he was coming back out. First, he didn't know he was going off the top. He was, you know, stunned by that. And then when he came back out, nobody had a clue that that was going to happen. Like you could even see Taker, he started climbing down, and then he's like, "Oh, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he gets back up. It's like, okay, I guess we're going. So Just you know, it's, uh, yeah. Do do you, do you guys like? Do you guys fantasize about those moments by yourself? Oh. You you always want those big those those magic moments, like everyone. I think everybody thinks about those those like you know quote unquote WrestleMania moments. Not necessarily being at Mania itself, but like just having that crowd react exactly the way you want at exactly the time you want. Freaking, I can I can think of about maybe five times this happened. Yeah, you know those big, huge kickouts. That freaking that moment of like, oh my god, I could pull this off, whether you do or not. You know, and then that's you know, you've got to have that right that right moment to to have that. You know, not you can't do that every match. Yep. You know, you've got to have those moments. Yeah, and and I think we've all had, we've all dreamt of it. Of course, I mean anyone that that's gotten in this business, that's the reason they got in, is they dreamt of those moments, but. Then once you're in there, you have those moments, but they might be on a smaller scale. You know, like um, just one in particular that that stands out was I, I worked a match with Chris Rath. It was a uh, it was an independent lucha libre show that they did at the uh, it's a, the rodeo where they do the rodeo here in Denver. I forget the name of that. Center. I've been there in the one in the spring. The Western, Western, the West, the Western. Yeah, Western. Western stage something. Stock show arena. Western stock show, yeah. Yeah, that place. Uh, we did a show there, and it was one of the biggest crowds I ever worked. It was like between fifteen hundred and two thousand people. It was it was big for an indie, absolutely. And we were the two, uh, you know, white guys going out there at a lucha show. No one under a hood. It was just me versus Chris Rath. But we built it to where he couldn't take me down. And we had kind of the Andre uh, being body slammed by Hogan moment where he finally picked me up and slammed me. And the whole crowd went nuts. It was great. And, uh, you know, Rath got his, his moment there. and But they were cheering for us. We built it up just right to where there's all these lucha matches going on where guys are doing all these flips and crazy stuff. Yeah. And we built up to a body slam. And it worked. And it was huge for us. We thought it was great. Um, so on, on a smaller scale, we absolutely have had those moments. What are some of the but, moments? What are some of the moments that were not as explosive that still had just as good as a pop? Because 
the psychology, because I know, you know, just give you a minute to think about it, because the psychology that you guys are obsessed with, and the and the storyline, when something coalesce, when you give them what they want or what they didn't want, but they didn't know they didn't want it, but then they did like it. Um, what are some of those moments when you really surprise people when it came to a an indie show? Because you, while you're thinking, it's one of those things that you just can't ignore. Like it, we're not WWE. We're never gonna be WWE in terms of any feds that we ever establish ourselves. But the the thing is here is that when you can get people to really pop and go crazy. We're at Lubbock, and I was filming. Uh, I was filming a, a promo with you, uh, Mr. Tony. I'm putting down. Um, obviously, you were there. Um, and I went. Out, and I noticed that there was a a line around the fucking building. And I was like, fuck it. Like, I I, I, I was a reporter. Like, we I gotta find a story. And I, I just come up with the camera. Just they, they saw me film, and they saw me come straight toward them. And uh, there was this, like, toothless woman talking about how she worked at Walmart and how during that day someone was stealing something, and uh, the people went... The people, the, the store security went out to stop them, and they stopped them, but while the guys were making their getaway, they grabbed a girl and tried to kidnap her. And I'm filming, and... No, continue. <laughs> she's, she, like, she's like, she stopped. And, and, but the, the thing was, is that these passionate people, just going crazy about stories, lined around the, lined around the block, are waiting for you. And you, give them a goddamn story. Give me a moment. Give me a moment when something they didn't know was coming happened. You already gave us the body slam. Tony, I know you already know, like, four things. I mean... Yeah, one. Uh, I'll let Morales go first. I, I do have one where we shocked them. They didn't think it was going to happen and something happened. But I'll let Morales go first. Um, yeah, one time I could remember we had uh, just brought back Bruce Rogers, and I think I had had a match with him, and he had won, and Vanity Inc. was beating him down afterwards, and Hunter Gray's music hit, because they were tag partner, they're tag partners as the Ragnarokers, but New Era hadn't, like, I think they'd used him once or twice as a tag team, nothing over the top, but like Hunter comes out, and we're just like, oh, there's three of us and one of you, what are you going to do? So Hunter looks around at the crowd, looks down, goes under the ring, and pulls out his axe. And then he ends up sliding in the ring and going crazy with his axe. And obviously we we run because we're not idiots. And like the crowd, the reaction from the crowd was just ridiculous. And it started the instant we hit Hunter's music. Yeah, that's a good one. So for me. There was a, a build-up I was doing in New Era. Um, geez, this is already probably six years ago now, which is insane. But uh, it was Ryzen and myself, and we had a series of matches where we were going back and forth, um, beating up each other and doing whatnot. And, uh, we had the Honky Tonk Man involved at one point. Uh, it was a lot of fun. And But there was a match where I came out and... 
it was determined that we would pick each other's tag team partners. And the partner that he chose for me was uh, this guy that was uh, probably in his mid-50s, maybe 60s. I don't even know how old he was. Uh, but he, he had been around a little bit, and so he was my partner, and he was an older guy. So I picked the announcer as his partner. And the announcer was this guy, this, this kid, Tyler, that we've actually known a long time. But he legit has cerebral palsy and has to walk with crutches. And we did a match. And he was in a match. And the crowd knew that he legitimately had this and didn't think anything would happen with him. And I walked out of the match. He ends up getting the victory. The crowd's going nuts for him, which was great. And that's what we fed him. They didn't think what was going to happen was what happened next, which was I came back in the ring and I started beating up Ryzen. But Tyler walked, hobbled over, holding on to the top rope and kind of smacked me in the back. And I just kind of shoved him to the side. And then I, he does it again and I grab him. And the crowd was like going nuts. Like, you're not going to beat up this kid that legit has cerebral palsy. And the refs got in the ring, like trying to stop me. And I pick him up on my shoulder and... I drop him and I give him this, this move. It's like a, a power bomb into a DDT. Nice. Anyway, I on him and silence. Oh. Because they were shocked. They had no idea that I would actually do it. And there was a little girl that started bawling. And that's when I was like, Oh shit. And I left and they get pissed at me. I, his mom didn't know what was going to happen and his mom was there and his mom was freaking out thought that i like killed her kid because he just laid there lifeless yeah. he knew what to do and, he knew what to do uh, and it was in a way it made it look like uh what is going on like almost like cheesy but what happened was they actually brought a table over to put him on to carry him out because we didn't have a stretcher so by not having a stretcher it looked even more so like is he legit hurt and they can't carry him out? Like, and they don't, they weren't prepped for this, you know? Um, Cause they just threw him on top of a table and carried him out on it. And he didn't move at all. So it was uh, a big deal. The, the video's on YouTube. You can find it. And it was, uh, it was something that it was a completely unexpected reaction, but totally warranted. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Like, yeah. I would have been like I'm I'm all about heels. I would have been like, Yeah I've <laughs> been the crazy guy in the crowd like 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 looking at like oh I gotta leave. <laughs> they were loud uh, like yelling at me because I thought they thought maybe Ryzen was gonna get up and save him or something. So they're cheering and then I hit it and it just died. And I was just it was like like you hear oh <laughs> you... So it was uh it was impactful. You killed the Make-A-Wish kid. Good for you. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> of John Cena bringing out a kid and then freaking, you know, Goldberg Spears. <laughs> it was crazy. Well, if the kid had the belt, he shouldn't have been in the ring with Goldberg. <laughs> You're not wrong. Nope. It, was, it was fun, though. It was one of the more memorable heel moments that I had. Well, guys... We've gone for a solid hour and 30 minutes. Let's wind down with uh, how badly Mr. Jason, the kingpin, Mr. Colorado Springs Wrestling, 
is going to destroy a <laughs> motherfucker. And uh, Primo's rest or Pr- Primo's is that how you pronounce it? I'm not sure. No, it's Primo's. It's Primo. Oh, oh. Primo's. I don't speak Spanish. Primos. I don't speak Spanish. Um. <laughs> nah, guys, uh, let's do minefields after dark. I- I'm about to piss my pants. Esta sabado gigante. Cousins Championship Wrestling. In Oklahoma City. We didn't get the Jose Sin. Oh, Jose we didn't talk Sin. about Jose Sin. That's right. <laughs> hey, Minefields After Dark, guys. I'm going to start recording. Don't hang up. I'm about to put some pants. This transmission is over, and this is dangerous.